Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 626, chapter 9494, Over Rock and Root. We decided to trust the map we'd found and cut straight west through the forest heading toward Crossan. Even if we missed the town, we couldn't help but hit the road and save ourselves long miles of walking. Hestry's wounded leg made the going slow, and we only put six or seven miles behind us that first day. It was during one of our many breaks that Tempe began my true instruction in the Katen. Fool that I was, I had assumed he had already been teaching me. The truth was, he had merely been correcting my more horrifying mistakes because they irritated him, much the same way I'd be tempted to tune someone's lute if they were playing off-key in the same room. This instruction was a different thing entirely. We started at the beginning of the Katen, and he corrected my mistakes. All my mistakes. He found 18 in the first motion alone, and there are more than 100 motions in the Ketan. I quickly began to have doubts about this apprenticeship. I also began to teach Tempe the lute. I played notes as we walked and taught him their names, then showed him some chords. It seemed as good a place as any to begin. We hoped to make it to Crossan by noon of the next day, but near mid-morning we encountered a stretch of dreary reeking swamp that hadn't been marked on the map. Thus began a truly miserable day. We had to test our footing with every step, and our progress slowed to a crawl. At one point, Dayton startled and fell, thrashing about and spattering the rest of us with brackish water. He said he'd seen a mosquito bigger than his thumb, with a sucker like a woman's hairpin. That's the page. I'm Nick, and I may be going through some stuff. I'm Jordana. (laughs) You're going through some stuff? Well, you know, I think I've been a little uh, openly negative over the last couple uh, episodes, so I just wanted to, you know, maybe put a pin in that or put a lantern on it or put a hat on it, whatever it is they say, and say, yeah, I'm I'm probably going through some stuff. A pin perhaps the size of a large mosquito's nose? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, uh, (laughs) uh, I wear my heart on my sleeve, don't you know? And uh, when you do a podcast every single day, it can be hard to keep a professional veneer up at every single episode. I think our listeners sort of like the lack of professional veneer. I hope so. Also, if they're this far in, like, you know, more power to them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm sure we've chased away everyone who wants a, uh, a well, uh, mastered and, 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 uh, who wants a, a Roman Mars style podcast. I don't know who Roman Mars is, but I will nod along in agreement. Well, you see, Jordana, when the Empire... No, wait, 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 wait. Before Italy you tell me about Roman Mars... Achieved space travel. <laughs> okay. Let's do the page. Interesting to me that there is a giant swamp here. Um, and not on the map. Also interesting. Also, why would... Yeah. There was so much on the map. <laughs> yeah. So I... So I, I... Without Jeremy to tell me otherwise i am inclined to think that they were told build the camp here that this wasn't a map that they made of the surrounding environs upon making the camp i think that this was an instruction to go here and build the camp and maybe whoever planned their spot was like oh yeah this will be great it's near to the road and they didn't know there was a swamp there maybe maybe well the swamp makes it defensible you know, like, I think it's actually a, a good, uh, like, the fact is it's close to crossing, but you can't walk directly to it because it has this nigh impassable swamp. But odd that it's not on the map. That isn't a feature that they would have included. I wonder if 
uh, and this is it's we're in crackpot territory already. Um, the, the we are close to when Quoth encounters Felurian. In fact, it might even be this exact chapter. Uh, not quite. Uh, there's uh, one, two pages, and then we have the chapter where he encounters Felurian. So the lines between Fey and the real world are thin. And I can't help but wonder if the spot that the bandits chose or was chosen for them was chosen because it's close to a a wrinkle in the realm between the real world and the fey realm. Mm, that's too much of a cracked pot for me, but I do have a theory about the swamp. Go on. With Okay, so yes, the swamp makes it defensible, but what if they planned the timing of this to be between the dry or like just after the dry season turns into the wet season, because we know it rained a whole bunch recently, right? That's true. Which would make a swamp swampier. Maybe That's during the dry season, true. it's easy to get across the swamp so that you can easily get to the spot in which you would like to build your camp. And then the wet season maybe happened very quickly after they set up camp, making it defensible. That's a, a very well-reasoned analysis, Jordana, and that's probably the actual answer, that there was no swamp on the map until very recently. But I'm still nursing a theory that this whole thing has been a setup to lure Kvothe into Fey so that he can meet the Cathay. Uh, and so I choose to believe that this is a another pin on the evidence board with the spooling ball of yarn leading toward the big tree in the center. I will channel my inner Jeremy and say that that's too crackpotted. And Not I will channel my inner Jordana and say okay. I'm on the fence. Okay. That sounds yeah, reasonable. <laughs> I'm glad that we're all channeling each other. <laughs> yes, it's a very complex uh, situation here. Very a lot of uh, energy going this way and that. Um, da -da 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 -da. So we have an awful lot of letters, and I would be remiss uh, if I didn't read one or two. I, although I know that... Uh, we said we'd wait for Jeremy. Jeremy will live. If there's ever <laughs> no, so many. I'm just trying to find one of a uh, reasonable length. Um, this is a letter from Curtis, who writes on Tempe's early characterization. Hello, all. In the early characterization of Tempe, you described him as taciturn multiple times. That is a fair read, but not mine at all, unless you simply mean disposed towards silence without the implications of being gruff, stern, or dour. I interpret him as being shy and perhaps a bit socially anxious. And yes, I do think that a lot of this is ledger domain from Rothfuss. He is making us think that it is just how Tempe is in this social context, nervous fidgeting, speaking little, etc. But it really is just a cultural gap between a Turin vintage culture, the main one of the series, approximately white Euro-Asian, and the Adem. However, I do think that Tempe is still new here, which will make many people shy and nervous, especially if they struggle with the language. You also characterized his rebuff of Quoth inquiring about the Lathani as being curt and harsh, perhaps out of linguistic perhaps out of linguistic necessity, but also perhaps simply because he was insulted or something like that. But I did not take it that way either. I just took it as a polite but firm assertion that Quoth is not really culturally or intellectually prepared or perhaps worthy to know anything about it. We also later learn that Tempe does not feel adequate to teach him about it either. To me, there is no real emotion behind the refusal. It is just a simple fact which might point toward the cultural significance of the Lathani, which Quoth fails to appreciate at all at this point. Yes, it builds mystery from a narrative perspective, but in world, I stand by my read while acknowledging that yours is valid too. I have had some interactions like that with foreigners who have little English and it never felt heated to me, 
I just shrugged and move on, hoping to learn about their culture by osmosis and on an intuitive level enough to maybe eventually approach the topic again when I have an improved and holistic framework for understanding. It was really interesting to see reads which were so opposite to mine. Signed, Curtis. I agree with Curtis about Tempe now that we've read more about Tempe. I don't know. I don't know where I was when we started with Tempe, but like, definitely I agree that he is very like Tempe is like a kind of anxious, like kind of, kind of shy. I get it. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And I think so too. And I think that Tempe as like a shy guy, uh, that hold like the text holds that up. I think that he seems aloof and standoffish and like rude at first because we're seeing him through Quoth's eyes and Quoth lacks the cultural, uh, understanding of the Adam. And I think that, the text actually puts Tempe as like a pretty sensitive guy who is like genuinely shy and like a little bit unsure of his skills who does warm up a bit once he finds a friend and once he is able to like um, prove himself a little bit in the eyes of, of said friend. Um, I think if we said, if I said taciturn, I never, I don't really think of that as having a negative uh, connotation. I think of it as being fairly like, stone-faced uh but you know all reads are valid and english is a complicated language reasonable indeed and we shall continue to be reasonable on tomorrow's episode of page of the wind